Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. This episode will cover Ether chapters 10 and 11. We'll jump right in. Ether 10 is a pretty funny chapter, especially when you read the chapter heading. And I mentioned chapter headings in the previous episode. But, like, it's just, this is a summary. This this chapter heading should be the summary of of the book of uh, of Ether. If you were to just, if you could just take out Moroni's, like, in, input that he put in his narration and uh, just his own thoughts. If you could take that out and you just had the story of the brother Jared through the end of their society's existence, this should be the chapter. This should be the heading. One king succeeds another. Some kings are righteous. Others are wicked. When righteousness prevails, the people are blessed and prospered by the Lord. That's it. Uh, the end. That's the end of chapter 10. I'm not going to, and so I'll, we'll talk next time when we talk about chapter 11. Just kidding. But like, that's, I mean, that, that is probably the best written chapter heading in the book of mormon like uh just nails it uh but wh- so it came to pass that shez who was a descendant of heth and remember if heth from chapter nine he uh not so bueno not a, uh heth perished by the famine it came to pass that shez did remember the destruction of his fathers and he had built up a righteous kingdom for he remembered what the Lord had done in bringing Jared and his brother across the great deep. And he did walk in the ways of the Lord and he begat sons and daughters. What caused Shez to be able to do that was his remembrance. I'm banging my journal drum here again. Keep a journal so that you can remember. Keep a journal so that your kids can remember the wonderful blessings and miracles the Lord has done for you. Study the scriptures so that you can remember what great things the Lord has done for the children of Israel. Remember that that's one of the purposes of the Book of Mormon is for us to remember what great things the Lord has done for our fathers. And as children of Israel and as the house of Israel, they are our fathers. They are our uh, spiritual ancestors. And by remembering what great things the Lord has done for them, and by remembering what great things the Lord has done for you, it builds our hope. Hope is is an abiding trust that the Lord will fulfill His promises. Well, if we remember when the Lord has fulfilled his promises to us in the past, and we remember the times that he's miraculously delivered us, well, then we will hope for a better future. As Moran is going to tell us next week in chapter 12, we will have a trust, an abiding trust that the Lord will fulfill his promises to us now, in our day, in our time, and in our future. And when we have that trust in a, in a God who is never changing, and it's important that he's never changing so that we can have that trust. That turns into and, and morphs into and becomes faith. And hope and faith are inextricably intertwined. And as we have hope and faith, we can have charity. Because we can know that Christ will deliver us. We'll see the miracles in our own life. And we'll pray for miracles for the, in the lives of others. And we'll work for miracles in the lives of others. Having, the, having been delivered ourselves, we will seek for the deliverance of others. Charity. That's hope, faith, and charity blend in, grow into each other. They're, they're to me, uh, in, in, in a way, different um, stages of the same tree. As you plant the seed and you see it grow a little, you have this hope and it grows into faith and it grows into charity. Is the is the hope no longer there? No, it's just grown up. Is the faith no longer there? No, it's just grown up. 
and it's all one, but it's it's these different stages of the same tree. In in some ways, that's the way I like to, I I view hope and faith and charity, and a, a major part of that is remembering. In chapter ten, we learn about King Riplakesh, Riplakesh, excuse me, saw a dude. Uh, if you want to learn more about him, you should go read about no, uh, King Noah in Mosiah, um, chapter eleven. It seems like Moroni almost purposely uh, is telling us how wicked he is by comparing him to Noah. They're very immoral. They tax the people heavily. They built spacious buildings and just were extravagant. Uh, they glutted themselves on the labor of others by heavily, with the heavy taxation. And they were then both killed by their own people. So great ending. Great. That's So don't be a wicked king. Uh, turns out maybe not the greatest endings for these guys. One of the more interesting characters in chapter, or in Ether comes in chapter 10 as well. Uh, his name is Morianton. And it says that uh, after he had established himself king, he did uh, cease to burden the people by which he did gain favor in their eyes. So he stops the working them to death. He stops taxing them to death and he gained favor in their eyes and he, they did anoint him to be their king and he did do justice unto the people but not unto himself because of his many whoredoms. Wherefore, he was cut off from the presence of the Lord. So it's just interesting because normally, why he's interesting to me is because normally we see these wicked kings who are just straight wicked and they are mean, harsh rulers. But here we have a guy who was ended up being beloved by the people but was wicked and he did whoredoms, was not righteous, but seemed to be a decent leader. Uh, and I think why I find that interesting is, uh, while ideal to find someone who is just a righteous person to be our leader, politically speaking in our day, uh, perhaps we could get, uh, we could, we could, uh, vote for, we could push forward leaders who will enact at least righteous policies that won't enact their their own wickedness on the rest of us. Uh, and Morianton seems to be an example of that that is possible. But then I go back and forth in my mind because he, it stands out because he's so rare. And it just seems that if you're wicked, you tend to enact these wicked policies and rule in unrighteousness. So there's kind of varying levels of righteousness and wickedness for several generations, but they... Uh, get to Lib in verse 19, and it says, It came to pass that Lib also did that which was good in the sight of the Lord. And in the days of Lib, the poisonous serpents were destroyed, wherefore they did go into the land southward. This is generations later. It, when we are wicked, okay, I mentioned this in, in earlier, that our ancestors don't impact our own personal righteousness. They don't. They don't impact our own personal ability to receive revelation and to be blessed and prospered, and they don't. But our decisions and our ancestors' decisions too, but our, our decisions do have rippling effects into the future. They were wicked. There was a drought, which led to these snakes becoming more prosperous. Um, I, again, I read about these snakes. So the snakes came out. Um... The people then have to go hunting, and they can only hunt in a specific place. Basically what the drought did, in short, is it would have caused an an interruption in the food chain. 
which then causes the snakes to be able to rep- um, reproduce without having uh, a natural predator to keep their numbers down. So now, not only are they just there, but there's a lot more of them. And this took generations to correct. Our decisions that we make have impact on the future. If we decide not to study the scriptures every day, every day, every day, it impacts us. But then if we decide to, because of that lack of of dedication and um, of effort, we then begin to uh, stop going to the temple and we stop wearing the garment of the priesthood and we then stop uh, partaking of the sacrament. Those decisions will undoubtedly affect future generations. And it can take generations to fix. As we move into chapter 11, uh, the king is calm. <laughs> I should maybe not say it like that. It sounds a little bit too much like King Kong. The ruler is calm. And prophets begin to come into the land again and uh, say, Repent or you're going to be destroyed. Uh, and turn to the Lord, forsake your murders and wickedness. So again, it's this warning. And destruction was coming, but the Lord never does anything without telling us that uh, it's coming. The prophet Amos taught that the, one of the role of the prophets is to warn people of, imp- of impending destruction. Uh, similarly, Nephi teaches the same principle in 2 Nephi chapter 25, verse 9. Uh, President Henry B. Eyring, uh, talking about uh, the cost of rejecting prophets' counsel, uh, he said, Looking for the path to safety in the counsel of prophets makes sense to those who have strong faith. When a prophet speaks, those with a little faith may think that they hear only a wise man giving good advice. Then, if his counsel seems comfortable and reasonable, squaring with what they want to do, they take it. If it does not, they consider it either faulty advice or they see their circumstances justifying their being an exception to the counsel. Those without faith may think that they hear only men seeking to exert influence uh, for some selfish motive. Every time in my life when I have chosen to delay following inspired counsel or decided that I was an exception, I came to know that I had put myself in harm's way. Every time that I have listened to the counsel of the prophets, uh, felt it confirmed in prayer, and then followed it, I have found that I moved forward. Uh, I moved forward toward safety. So what happens? Well, verse seven and eight tell us they don't listen, and there's wars and famines and pestilence, and so much there are great destruction, uh, and. So it took that this, you know, remember last time it was the drought and the snakes. The Lord sends these things. The Lord, and I mentioned this back in, in chapter, uh, the, the, actually it might have been the overview, right? Talking about, uh, I don't remember, maybe it was the overview, maybe it was about chapter 6. But the Lord pushing the vessels of the Jaredites forward. And he did it with the winds and the waves and the crashing of the seas and but he, the Lord is in it. If we have our ship tight, and if we are uh, reliant upon the atonement of Christ, and we ourselves are penitent, then the commotion and the natural disasters, and surely a, a, a pandemic falls in the classification of a natural disaster, then the Lord is in it for us. And all these things shall be for our benefit. And and give us experience. And it will push us towards the promised land. If on the other hand. We de- decide to kick against the pricks. 
then we get nothing out of that other than pain and sorrow. And yeah, even if we're repentant, even if we are righteous, even if, and maybe even especially if we uh, are disciples and true disciples of Jesus Christ, we will have sorrow and heartache and pain. But if we are true disciples of Christ to rely on the atonement of Christ, he takes those things and consecrates them for our benefit and gain. But making just to go back to this point, sometimes and oftentimes the Lord uses natural disasters to lead to repentance because it can make us, uh, and because what it does is it's the same concept I've been talking about throughout this, these episodes this week is the Lord removes options until it's option A or option B. And we can choose to be more humble or we can become more and more hard in our hearts. But we will be making those that those decisions consciously. Uh, President Joseph F. Smith said, The Latter-day Saints, though they themselves tremble because of their own wickedness and sins, believe that great judgments are coming upon the world because of iniquity. They firmly believe in the statements of the Holy Scriptures that calamities will befall the nations as signs of the coming of Christ to judgment. They believe that God rules in the fire and the earthquake, the tidal wave, the volcanic eruption, the storm. Him they recognize as the master and the ruler of nature and her laws and freely acknowledge his hand in all things. We believe that his judgment judgments are poured out to bring mankind to a sense of his power and his purposes, that they may repent of their sins and prepare themselves for the second coming of Christ to reign in righteousness upon the earth. We believe that these severe natural calamities are visited upon men by the Lord for the good of his children, to quicken their devotion to others, and to bring out their better natures that they may love and serve him. And so it's up to us on how we react to adversity. It's up to us on how we react when the prophet speaks. The prophet's going to give us a special 15-minute message this coming uh, on Friday, uh, November 20th. How will you respond? What's important to you? I can tell you that without knowing what he's going to say, I can be, uh, I can take some guesses. Uh, in terms of what he'll, he'll communicate to us through the Spirit, I can take some guesses. Put Christ first. Be kind and charitable to those around you. Gather Israel. Prepare the world for the second coming of Christ and create Zion. And we do that with faith, hope, and charity. In Ether chapter 11, we see this, uh, we see a repeated pattern of the Lord. He sends forth his prophets. Then they withdraw. They try again and uh, give a space for the people to repent. And then, depending on what they choose, consequences follow. The, the arm of the Lord is, is stretched out towards us. The Spirit will press upon us, will give us time to react. And I can tell you that as you listen to the prophet this week, the Spirit, if you come with, with an open heart and an open mind, and the Spirit of prayer, the Spirit of God will impress upon your mind things that you, will, that you need to do. And then it will withdraw. And you'll, you'll, have a, you'll feel in that moment You'll feel in that moment exactly what you need to do. And you'll say to yourself, if only I could feel this way all the time, it would be easy. I could do it. But that's not the way the Lord works. He, he impresses upon our mind through the Spirit. He withdraws and gives us a space of agency, a time where we can choose. 
to follow him or not follow him. And unfortunately, the, the people of, of the Jaredite nation, they chose to not follow him. And as we continue reading next week, we'll read about their utter destruction because of that. Uh, to conclude, I want to just read probably the, the best line in all of the Book of Mormon. And Moron did that which was wicked before the Lord. Didn't expect me to say that verse, did you? What? Boom. Kind of a joke, kind of serious. Awesome that it says that the guy's name is Moron. Indeed, indeed, morons do that which is wicked before the Lord. So let's not be morons. Let's all come together, understand and recognize that people in the church, in our community, they may think differently, but they are children of Christ. They are children of God, just as you are, just as as I am. As you look around your ward, your branch, wherever you may be, you might have disagreements with people, with other saints. But remember that what's most important is creating unity through faith, hope, and charity. And our shared testimonies and conversion to Jesus Christ and His atoning sacrifice. I thank you all for listening. I appreciate the time that you take to listen and your thoughts that you share with me. I look forward to uh, hearing them this week and getting to uh, know your insights. And I also look forward to next week as we study the end of Ether. We're getting real close to the end of the year and the end of the Book of Mormon. Just got a few more chapters of Ether and then Moroni left. Uh, I This has been a crazy journey for me and I'm quite confident I get more out of this than anybody listening. Um, but it's, 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 it's been a fun experience and, and a joy to uh, share my testimony in bits and pieces and share the things that the Spirit has taught me and that I've learned from from the scriptures, from uh, modern day prophets and, and leaders, and then also as well from you. So thank you all, and I look forward to talking to you next week, and I hope you join then. Uh, enjoy your studies.